When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode... 30! Holy, amazing. 30. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Kaplan, and I'm just amazed, because 30, that's, that's, that's getting old. That, we're almost to this my get, age. This shit's getting real. Shit is getting real. 30 weeks. We've been doing this for 30 weeks. You can find me on Twitter at Turner B. Sparks. You can find Kaplan at Kaplan 11 One thing, Kaplan, we want to get you over 200. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm at 194 followers last I checked. This is like a, this is something I cannot, I can't get over this mountain. We want to. I we go wanna, bounce it forth between 189 and 194. These robots or someone or just they drop me, they add me. Yeah, we want to bump you up. Come on, guys, get me over 200. Let's push this. Let's really fight for 200 this fight week. Fight for 200. It's Kaplan 11. The 11 is for Norm Van Brocklin, the greatest. Some say Donovan McNabb or Randall Cunningham is the best quarterback in Eagles history, Philadelphia Eagles history. Norm Van Brocklin. You know why? Who? Not, no, I've never even heard of him. He led us to the NFL championship in 1960. That's the last time the Eagles have won a championship. Was this back when they had plastic helmets? <laughs> this is, what era this was Back this? when the Eagles could win. This is when we were booing Santa Claus, that era. And it's a great memory of mine I don't have. I'm probably never going to win a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm sure that Teddy will be drinking before the Eagles <laughs> even sniff the Super Bowl again. So I hold on to Norm Van Brocklin. I hold him dear to my heart, and I will... I will never lose the 11 because All of him. Right. Well, rest in peace, Norm Van rest Brock. In- <laughs> I don't know if he's dead. <laughs> I don't know. I assume he is. He but was- let's, go, let's focus on the important thing. In honor of Norm Van Brocklin's memory, get yeah. me to 200 followers. Get him Please. to 200 followers. This is embarrassing. On the pod today, this is exciting, Andrew Goldstein. Goldstein. I don't know. We'll ask him about that. We'll ask him. Uh, as a Jew, I don't even know the difference. Andrew is a, he's been a writer, a comedy writer for a very long time. He wrote for um, Jimmy Fallon show. He now has his own show on, it, on MTV. He's written on comedy all over the place. He used to write for Patrice O'Neill. We got some fans of Patrice. But beyond all of that, yeah, his first m- writing job. The most interesting job, to me is his first writing his job. His first writing job was for the WWE, or as I called it, the WWF back in the day. Yeah. He Which wrote, is a written program, apparently. I didn't know this. I but. mean, I'm just finding out that it's not real. Yeah. I I'm still, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask about that because I don't really believe that he really wrote for them. I don't believe that it's not real. Well, I want to know what he actually wrote. Like, what did you write the fight? You're like, hey, punch that guy now. Or what? <laughs> yeah, you know I, what I mean? Yeah. Do you write the, like, or I the mean, parts where they go, ooh, brother? Or the, yeah, or the speeches that, like, when they like would 20, used to yell at Mean Gene, Oklahoma. Like, yeah, I'll I, tell you something, Mean Gene. Well, those 24 inch pythons want to run wild on you. Yeah. And do they write, like, the, we take the chair and you hit him. Or do you think he coined the-, the phrase Hulkamania? Probably. <laughs> he's probably like a he's a prodigy writer at the time if he did that. But so, and you know, Andrew was also there um, the day we met Ikram. So Andrew, yeah, he was. It, when he's you been got, a key cog to the pod behind the scenes. This whole exactly. Time. I watched WrestleMania at his house, which we'll talk about later. But I watched that at his house a couple weeks ago, and it was amazing. Because all of his friends who were there watching, all they all used to work for WWE, mm-hmm. so it was like an insider's. Well, they, so he's coming up um, before all that. Oh, let's get to Lost in America. Should we do that? Yeah, we should get to it. All right. Wait, one more thing. I want to promote my shows coming up. Yeah, you should promote um, them. Fairfield Comedy Club with Joe Garrix from The Drinking Pod. If you haven't listened to The Drinking Pod, go to, back and do that. That's one of our best podcasts I think we've done in a long time. You agree, Cap? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was drunk for a lot of it, so I don't remember it too well, but I think it, it, I've heard it was funny. Can I also, one thing from that, 
Because I didn't realize until after that, I forgot that I had a show to go to that night. Yes. And so we did all that drinking. We drank all that Chinese alcohol. And then I had to go straight to a show, did a set, bang. It's the best that I've had in New York City. Because I've heard some comics say never be drunk. Well, that's what I used to say. Yeah, maybe you were the one. But then I had this fantastic set. So now do you just drink for every show? No, but I mean, if my career ever goes downhill, I might have to become an alcoholic just to save my career. Yeah, it's, it's, it, people like that. If you have a, it adds something when you're on stage. You have a, it's like a prop. Yeah, like, so uh, you're a drinker. So anyway, so, you know, I'm gonna be at the Fairfield Comedy Club May 13th. Buys you up there. Get out there May 23rd. I'm in we're Mill Valley, California, at the Throckmorton Theater. That's the theater where uh, um, it's a real place, Mill Valley. Mill Valley it sounds is like a this, fake town in like a movie. Like it basically is a movie town. It's like this rich neighborhood right outside of San, north of San Francisco, over the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay, you know. Oh, and then also uh, the twenty fourth, I'm going to be at the Punchline Comedy Club. Twenty fourth of May. May. Let's sell that out, baby. Sacramento, California. Homecoming. Sac- Coming home. Play Sac- the music. Town. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to Lost in America. Yeah. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Exciting announcement. Our Lost in America segment this week has a sponsor. Oh, yeah? Getting paid and getting laid, baby. Uh, should I check my bank account, see if I got some money out of this? Uh, Did it go through yet? I don't know if it's going to go through to you. Oh, shit. They may just be sponsoring <laughs> me uh, on God it. damn it. Well, they sponsor whoever reads the plug, and I'm the one who have it here. Uh, I don't so. have my phone but out. Worry, so I'll, 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 some, there'll be some trickle-down economics on All this right, pod. I like it. I'll get you a, a coffee or something later. <laughs> so, um, okay, so here's what we're sponsored by today. Meltdown Golf. It is a board game created by listener Bryce Roberts, good friend Shout of mine. Out. Bryce used to work with me at Mr. Softy. He was in the trenches over there in China. He now lives back in America, and he creates board games. So you can go check it out. On Kickstarter, he's kickstarting. He's is he the board game been created or he's kickstarter to make the board game? Will you kickstart a bo- I don't know. You kickstart a board game. <laughs> kickstarter is like raising money. Yeah. Well, no. You. I don't, you maybe you create one, and then if you want to get more made, you got to have oh, money. So he's got the prototype up there. He's got the prototype. He. This is what he says. He says, "What happens? Imagine if L.A. fell into an abyss, like <laughs> Kurt Russell, whatever that movie is." Who would take over? Would it be the pop stars? Would it be politicians? Would it be Tom Cruise? Movies? You don't know. So it's this board game. You roll the dice. You figure it out. Everybody fights each other. Wow. That's a... Wait. (laughs) You just fight each other? Who takes over LA? Who wants to take over LA? I'm just going to fuck out of here. Go somewhere else. That's a good point. I don't stay in LA. LA is going to fall into the ocean one way or the other, right? just go up to Sacktown. That's true. We should... Oh. Go back to Mexico. What? I I don't... yeah, this game should really be designed in, for Sacktown. How much money has he raised? Kevin Johnson versus yeah. Olden Polonies. Yeah. Versus <laughs> <laughs> Mayor. How much money has he raised? I'm not sure, but he says if you put in oh. $1 now, all he's $1, uh-huh. you can take your dollar out at any time, but it helps him out a lot. I don't know. I don't. How does it take it? Is it a pyramid scheme? What is it? Just quit questioning it. <laughs> Let me read it. Sponsored by, they sponsored oh. our Lost oh, in America. Oh, they sponsored us. Oh, so people are kickstarting are actually paying you. Yes. Because part of that money has to go to sponsor you. Exactly. So kickstart him so he can kick it back to me. Oh, my God. This is really trickle-down economics. And if the the project stalls out, if they can't reach 25% of their goal, then everyone gets their money back. But if they do reach their goal, you get a bunch of prizes. You get the game. I don't know. 
you get a discount or something. It's I mean, gonna be great. I don't want to discourage people from from giving money to our sponsor. Yeah, come but on. I, this is something that's kind of changed over the years. Is Kickstarter and GoFundMe? I don't know the difference between the two, but there's this whole like you just. People have business ideas, and instead of getting like people to invest in them, yeah, they just get their friends to donate their money, and then they're like, "We'll give you like a free one." What about a percentage? We want to take of this game. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. We, we want like, a taste. We want a taste of the little action. How do I get a taste of the downfall of LA? I mean, when Monopoly was invented, I'm sure like the people who contributed to Park, you know, you're right. They're probably billionaires by now. Yeah, if you contribute here, you get a free free game, <laughs> <laughs> and you get your money back if you want to get your money back. I don't know. Well, I'm all for the, the destruction of Los Angeles. I am too. I no offense that. to our LA listeners, but here's the thing. What I've found, most people who live in LA hate LA as much as everyone else too. Yeah, or they like to rip on LA because that's like the, the best part about living in LA is that you can rip on LA. Yeah. Like, I was back in LA recently and I found that, uh, you know, like I missed that feeling. Yeah. Like I felt like, oh, I'm back and now I can like rip on LA again. Like you can't. Yeah. You, it's, it, we're doing it. It's like. You're right. It is. This might almost be our lost in America, though, it, which is that none of this, like, <laughs> hey, give me money so I can go hang out. Uh, I like, what should we kickstart? We should kickstart our, our podcast. Why don't we do that? I mean, you know that people, like, I know people who do charity events, which are great. They're nice people. They do, like, races and stuff that I don't do. On Kickstarter. On, like, GoFundMe and Kickstarter stuff. And I'm, like, I will never give money to them because you don't get a tax benefit. You don't? Gary Sparks, CPA of the Pod, has told me. Oh. You only get the tax deduction for charities you give to official. See, that's why he makes the big buck, big yeah. bucks. Because yeah, he says, he don't. Me, do not give money. I don't care how what the sob story is. No. Don't, give, don't waste your hard-earned money on these people who use the Kickstarters. No. The, or, yeah, that's a loophole out of uh, getting a tax break. Yeah. Give so it to your, That's my little tip to you. You're back in America. The churches. You get tax breaks for churches, I yeah, think. Yeah, if you yeah. want to go help your bust your priest or pastor get out of uh, prison. Exactly. That's tax deductible. But not if she puts it, get me out of prison on Kickstarter. Yeah, no. All right. Yeah. There's 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 our tax law. There's a is that our loss in America? <laughs> Did we do a loss in America? Is that that was are it. We lost enough. Yeah, <laughs> we're lost in this conversation. Lost in this lost in the segment. All right. Well, should we get to? We have a big big show today. I don't remember what the show is, but yeah, let's get to no, it. We got Andrew Goldstein. Oh, yeah, how could I forget? Andrew Goldstein. Gonna, I think he should just bust in. We should introduce him. He should just bust in like the Kool Aid like, Man. Yeah, and just like level me with like a like a clothes iron. Like, like Brutus the Barber. Yeah, beefcake. and then start screaming into the mic like just with a chair <laughs> slamming it over. Chair me. Yeah, slamming it over. Throw like, you into the like. Sp- he should be like a go a jilted GoFundMe person who's like upset. That's actually like, a good character. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the guy who hates GoFundMe. <laughs> a very modern wrestler. We're going to push that to remember. <laughs> Probably will forget, but... All right, everybody. Before we get to that, Ints is an app. You oh, can yeah. get it in the app store. We're Inting all the time. We're I'm so, Inting. Uh, plugging everything today. From Mexico right now. Yeah. Go find out what I'm up to hanging out with my wife in Mexico. Yeah. And, uh, and bring Ints to China one day. And we'll bring Ints to China. We First might be, Mexico, then China. We might be doing that soon. So get it. You can get it in the app store. E-N-S-E. Also, Meltdown Golf, G-U-L-F, is on, <laughs> is on Kickstarter. Cap doesn't like I'm going back to that. But I got to I gotta go where my bread's buttered, yeah, too. You got to you know? feed the... You got to get paid. Feed I the beast, you. baby. I'm going to come with my own plugs next week. <laughs> bring your own plugs. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to my own sponsors. Competing plugs. Yes. Um, and if you want to sponsor us, if anybody out there wants a little bit of this action... Uh, hit us up on Twitter, yeah. Lost in America Pod, or and uh, tell us what you want. We'll yeah, be... we're open. We want to make the show. We want to keep the show the same length it always has been, but we want to do less like material. Exactly. So we want to put in a few uh, plugs, and we want to make a couple more Dolores, right? Ants 
Get it in the app store, ENSE, up to five minutes, voice messages. You guys know what it is. All right, let's get to Ange Goldstein. Get to him. All right, everybody, we're back. We're back. With our guest, Andrew Goldstein. Stein? 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 I don't care, but my mom says Stein. I was That's right. I paused. I wasn't sure. Right when I said it, I was when like, am I saying okay. it wrong? Right? And uh, yeah, I'm fired up to have you on the podcast today because I loved wrestling growing up, and I watched uh, wrestling. I watched WrestleMania at your place a couple weeks ago. We, we, what number WrestleMania is it now? What was we, it? It was WrestleMania 33, I believe. And it was it was thirty three. Yeah, I wasn't sure. And then I was trying to tell Cap about it, but I can't, but it was the coolest like the, one of the coolest experiences I've ever had with wrestling because you and the a couple of the other guys used to write for WWE. Yeah, it was. Uh, there were two me and another guy Darren who wrote for WWE, and then my friend Zach Linder was uh, he wrote on the dot com side, so he wrote like real long feature stories. Uh, you know, he spent a lot of time with the wrestlers, like personally interviewing them. Yeah, He's sort of like the uh, the Dick Shap. <laughs> uh, Good Paul. WWE just and writing long think pieces. It was Mitch, a Mitch album so, is wait, probably a better so Mitch album. More like a Mitch album. You oh, okay? He's gonna write the Tuesdays instead with Maury. Instead of Tuesdays with Maury, Tuesdays with Kamala. <laughs> Kamala, the Ugandan giant. There you go. Yeah. So you wrote magazine articles. What do he you, did? Uh, I wrote the TV. What do so, you mean? The yeah, show, that's the show's written. No, it's you, real. It's you don't a real know athletic that? competition. Oh my god! So you, you had to have Santa Claus. But real. that's what I think. I never. I knew it was obviously. You know, it's fake. But you never think that someone actually has to write that. I don't it's think that's scripted. A, scripted. Turner, excuse me. Well, yeah, what what the age term? did you learn it was scripted? I'm just I'm trying to remember. Oh, I didn't for me, think it was scripted at first for years. I, I think I was probably. I actually remember when it was, when I knew that it was, like, at least fixed. Yeah. I think I learned it was fixed first. Right, that's what I thought. It was, like, fixed a little bit. Yeah, because remember the one when um, uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret the Hitman Hart mm-hmm. kind of tied because they fell out of the yeah. ring at the same time? It's called a draw. A draw, except for it actually wasn't. If you watch, they kept trying the replay, and, like, some one of the guys hit the yeah. ground first. They didn't have instant replay boost back then. No, they did. Oh, they kept instant they replaying it. It was, it was in the 60s. I'm, I think it was a Royal Rumble, and they were... Yeah. They were, you know, uh, they the spot was supposed... They were supposed to go over at the same time, and the, it's, a you know, the first person who the feet hit the floor. And so it was for both their feet hit the floor at the same time to set up an angle where they have to wrestle each other. Yes, but when you actually watch it, it's pretty impossible to fly out of the ring and make both Pe- of your people feet have done hit- it and done it well. And other, the, WWE just did a storyline right before WrestleMania where it didn't work out, and they had to like fudge the replays. Well, that's what I felt happened on that one. That but anyway, yeah. that was my like wake up. I'd be like, wait, and this it isn't exposed the business to you. Yeah, that, that exposed like, it to me. The Truman Show. My dad like, took me is- live. I I've been just to. I uh, started in 1986. I found it because my brothers were really into SNL, and we turned on SNL one week, and it wasn't on. A wrestling was on. It was Saturday Night's Main Event. I remember that. And I was just like, oh, my God, what is this? Yeah. And uh, then I started watching it on Saturday morning. So that's around 1986. And um, so... I've been watching since then, and then a couple of years into my fandom as a child, my dad took me live at the Philadelphia Spectrum, and we, you know, we got pretty good seats, good enough seats that I was able to be like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, someone's better. Even as a kid, seats. you know, oh. I'm like seven, eight years old. Right, you want to take your kid like, to bad seats mm. so they can't tell. Because if you go live and you are sitting cl- 
on the floor, yeah, you could kind of figure it out. Really? Even if you, and I was like what six, seven, eight years old. You so can kind of figure it those out. Like punches of their heads go back and. <laughs> yeah, you you kind of see it in real time. Like there's something about TV and the cameras. It it adds like a uh, it it just adds. Well, I because what they do is for TV. The stomping and the their hands are, you know, and you can. If you're there live, you can kind of see the stuff that the camera shoots around, which yes. is them putting their heads together and tell and saying things like, you know, give me a turnbuckle. Oh, you can hear that? Give me, you know, shoot me, in, you know, shoot me in, drop down, tackle. But you can kind of catch it. Like if they're down, selling, you know, acting as if they are hurt. Okay. At some point, they're usually, you know, actually just saying to their opponent what the next sort of sequence of moves are. Uh- Okay, so then if you wrote for it, they're clearly writing that while they're in the ring. What type of stuff did we you write? We wrote the um, plot. We wrote the characters. We wrote the character, uh, you know, um, the beef between, like, if you and Cap, if, if we, if the office said, okay, Kaplan and Turner, oh, Kaplan's gonna, Kaplan's gonna turn heel on her, on Turner during the podcast. Right turn here. heel means turn, turn into heel a bad means guy. It heels and babyface. Babyfaces are the good guys. You could use heels. this chair right here and you could, smash you exactly. Head. You could fold this chair up, and when Turner's not looking, you hit him over the chair. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I and the writing team, we would write that whole like, okay, they're they do a podcast together, and uh, Turner's gonna <laughs> it's amazing. Turner's gonna go like full anti semite. Yeah, in the middle. <laughs> Ooh, a rant, like and Kaplan's going to get offended by it, and then you start with that Goldstein. At the up. end of the podcast, <laughs> when they go to shake hands, Kaplan's going to knee him in the nuts, grab the chair, and hit him over the head, and then walk, drop the mic on him, and right. say, you know, yeah. yeah. And we wrote, we write that stuff because the TV is vignettes and backstage interviews and uh, you know uh, encounters in the ring. But then the physicality—that's why on the writing team there'd be former wrestlers who work so out the physicality. Do they write the like? Like when the rest of the way they win the fight, or is that all scripted, or is it the finish, or is it sort of like they could freestyle until they get to that point? Most matches, yes. Uh, Most matches are uh, just the finish, the 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 finish sequence, and any sort of gimmick uh, that happens in the match, like like so and so comes down, distracts the referee, yeah, lights go out, Undertaker appears, like all of that stuff is scripted, but like the the move to move. And the spots, which are mo- sequences of moves, yeah, those are sort of either uh, put together beforehand between the two competitors or called in the ring. And so, and then any of those like little interviews where they'd be like, "Oh, come on, brother, live at the Spectrum." Those all used to be improvised. Where <laughs> oh, back in the day, it, it would just be like, "Okay, you're talking, you're you're uh, the show's in Pensacola on you know March 25th, and you have 30 seconds." And then they really, and then they would improvise. And you're talking about Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And so then they would just go in and do their little uh, local spot for the show in Pensacola, trying to get people there and say whatever you want to say about Hacksaw Jim Duggan. But nowadays, because it is a TV show, it's a variety show, everything is written. And who used to be the best at that? Oh, I mean, Ric Flair is... Oh, woo! The the Nate Chiboy is my number one, and then right below him, 1A, is Dusty Rhodes, both of whom are probably the best at uh, the best promo guys. Miss Elizabeth was one of my first crushes. So. Oh, yeah. Who? I mean, of course. Everybody. Yeah. And so what, was, what would you say, because what years did you I write for it? Uh, 2006. 2006. What, um, I was fired did you ever, early in 2007. Did you ever get to introduce characters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, 
this guy, he's still wrestling on the independent scene. His name is MVP. You'll, you guys will actually like the story because it, it devolves and it uh, originates from my Philadelphia Eagles fandom. But So there's a wrestler named MVP, Montel Vontavious Porter, and his whole gimmick is entitled athlete, million-dollar entitled athlete, okay. or at least it was. So when I got hired in 2006, the Eagles had just signed Terrell, Terrell Owens. Owens. Yeah. And so I came in being like, we have to have – a Terrell Owens sort of like prima donna entitled athlete. Like he was doing the sit-ups in his driveway, like that whole gimmick. Yeah, yeah. And so oh. so I was just like, we got to do it. And they were like, well, actually, we have a guy in our developmental in our minor leagues named MVP who's kind of doing that gimmick, but he's not doing it that, you know, he's, he's not, uh, it needs refinement. They sent me down to Kentucky. Down to the minors. To Ohio and Kentucky, and I spent like a week with him, and we hashed out the character. Wow. And he debuted with like the tunnel with the smoke and the eye thing, and he walks halfway to the ring, and then his agent calls, and he pulls his cell phone out, and he or like in the middle of a match, he'll step out, take a call from his agent. Nice. And he like demanded a million-dollar contract, and it was like, who's his manager going to be? That's great. His, his agent, he has a secret agent that's like doing all these deals for him. And then we had like the big reveal on SmackDown who his agent was. It was like a whole thing. And it was all based on me getting hired in the company and uh, being obsessed with the Eagles and the fact that they had signed Terrell Owens. This guy sounds like a better wide receiver than Ty Pinkston. Yes. <laughs> no, but he's a great guy. And, and I'm not trying to take credit for anything because he made it happen. And uh, long, minor league? So, long after I was involved, he was very, very successful in the WWE and then in Japan and then in TNA and in the indies now. He's a very big. Okay, that's what I want to talk about next, guy. which is the idea that it went to Japan. When did, did Japan always have wrestling? Japan is arguably bigger than. Wrestling is arguably bigger in Japan than it is here. What's it called in Japan? Sumo well, there are... Not sumo wrestling. New, right <laughs> now, New Japan, NJ, New Japan Pro Wrestling is gigantic. New That's, Japan Pro there Wrestling. There used to be two companies. There was All Japan and New Japan. Each were run by uh, God, basically gods. This guy, uh, Giant Baba, was ran the one company, and um, uh, who ran the other one? I'm not going to remember the name, but two basically wrestling legends. Japanese who, guys? Yeah, who were like, uh, or chi- uh, yeah, and they were like um, Muhammad Ali level. Um, and what do you Inoki. think? So Inoki. Antonio Noki, who, re- who, who wrestled uh, in a mixed sport match against Muhammad Ali. Like these dudes Whoa, were really? Ali level in Japan. Hopefully. In wrestling. As wrestlers in the seventies or sixties, in like the sixties and seventies. But was it Japan, real then, or was it like... in Japan? They approach wrestling. The fans approach wrestling as if it's a real athletic competition. So, so in the seventies, it was still like fixed, and it wasn't like every. It was. It was it's it's always, always been a work. Okay. That's another term. A work meaning a work. that the outcome is decided by the office. Okay. But in Japan, the physicality is much more real than it is here. And so they have what's called strong style, which is like punches are like closer to real kicks and they headbutt each other for real they're tougher when you say in japan the the audience approaches it as it's real um do they know it's not real yes but there's like a full-on suspension of disbelief and japanese newspaper uh japanese newspapers cover wrestling as if it's nfl football that's awesome and wrestlers always talk about the audience is so different in japan like if you go to a live event now, it's just people screaming their heads off, chanting, clapping, the whole thing. Silence. 
And when there's like a big move, there's just like a ooh in Japan. Ooh, yeah, but silence. Everyone's very uh, uh, like reverent. What you as a as a worker, what you want out of the crowd is that ooh yeah yeah yeah, ah. yeah. easier to concentrate. And really, what, if you know you've whipped them into a frenzy if they like clap. Wow. Whereas like here, it's like you fucked up. You fucked yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, everyone's screaming. You like, suck. I wonder, Did, I wonder if they, other sports in is Japan it, are like a baseball game or is it, or is it just a. It's I don't really know. Cultural thing. If you watch, I watch Japanese wrestling on occasion, and it's it. You know, you can hear a pin drop, and it's hard because the guys have to sort of whisper to each other. I think. Really pe- oh, you're right. It makes me hard. I, I think people just like different cultures. We don't think about it, but they react to. We just take for granted that however we react to events, everyone re- reacts the same way. But I know, I've done comedy for like specifically Scandinavian crowds, and they are almost impossible to make laugh. Yeah, but they'll pay attention. Tapes. Right. And then afterwards, they're way they get you get this way like this overwhelming like support like right. yeah, it was amazing more than American. They don't laugh crowds. in the moment, but then afterwards they're like, "You were hilarious." Yeah, but they're like not in the fit like you know like the when right. you can tell when people think you suck because they're like, "I thought you were funny." Right. That means the rest of the crowd didn't. It's not that way. It's like they want to hang out with you all night and buy you I beers. I always try to be funny at Ikea, and nobody laughs. Yeah. But then See? when I check out, they're like, you were hilarious yeah. back in aisle 12. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is there anywhere else? Because I know it's just... Oh, yeah, Mexico is... Mexico you know, the is big oh, Mexican wrestling. Mexico is huge, and then they have their own style, you know, l- you know Lucha Libre and the, 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 the mask wrestlers. Yeah. And so they're different. Like, they don't sell, you know, they don't register the pain... Uh, it's basically move, move, move. It's more like synchronized swimming or stuntmen, you know, sort of a stuntmen sequence, like flips and dives and jumping out of the ring. And now you watch wrestling and they're doing a lot of that. Like American wrestling is very influenced by Mexican wrestling now. Mm. But they, in Mexican wrestling is like soap opera, you know, telenovela, guys with masks. Yeah. Women wrestle guys. It's crazy. But do they knock over the American announcer's table? Yeah. The way we walk over the Mexican announcer's table? Well, we, yeah. The Spanish announce table always gets it. Yeah, it always gets destroyed. You never notice that? Uh, So then it's popular in America, Mexico. It's just now getting to China. Yeah, okay. So WWE WWE has this huge new, like, NFL-level combine uh, year-round developmental system called NXT. They have signed, like, 10 Chinese wrestlers. And one guy uh, was supposed to debut or debuted in the Battle Royal on the pre-show to WrestleMania. So he's he's getting pretty close. But, yeah, they they went on a scouting mission to China and signed about 10 guys and who is, are now in Orlando training. And then the idea is to eventually send them back to China? To, no, to be on actual WWE. Oh, like a Yao Ming. Chinese wrestlers. Yeah, like, to be, exactly. Like, but they're, They've okay. already co-opted Japanese, like big-time Japanese stars. Like this guy... Um, Shinsuke Nakamura just debuted, and he's, like, the biggest thing right now. In the U.S.? Yeah. In WWE? He was huge in NXT, and then he got called up right after WrestleMania, and he's, like, the biggest thing right now. I guess that's the way to get in. Like, all the sports do that, right? That's the way to get in, is if you can get someone yeah. from that country. These guys are, like, the Hideo Nomo of uh, pro wrestling. Do they have, like, traveling wrestling to China, though? Like, the American... Do they ever come They don't have... There's no v- equivalent of that, except for... I think for- WWE's work is uh, working on shows. What's they the have done, arena? They have done a couple shows. There's a Mercedes-Benz Arena in Shanghai. Oh. And but, so, uh, anyway, yeah, so then that's where um, I think they, they're starting, they're doing WWE stuff there. I would, if I came to China with you, yes. all I would want to do is re- figure out where wrestling is happening and try to find it. 
Well, the only way it would be happening is if WWE had it, because I don't think there's any like minor league really? version. Right. They just could. They just you started athletes. that. What's that? You should have brought wrestling to China. It's a great ice idea. Cream. What is this ice cream? Yeah. Next time. I, it's weird. I wonder, like, what cultures will go because you have to kind of like suspend disbelief, as you're saying, yeah. right? Do there's got to be certain cultures who would just see it and be like, wait, why? Yeah. You know? But I think they'd also be amazed by the Jones. athleticism and the physicality and the drama of it all. Like, I think so, too. Yeah. Definitely like, kids. In the 20s when wrestling, you know, I mean, people probably, it's like circus stuff. You knew, it came out of the carny, the, the carnival, cir- the oh, did it? circus. That's where wrestling, the strongman competitions. Oh. And, and like the, 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 the carnival barkers of like, if you can beat our man, Turner Sparks, well, you get $10,000, and then it would be, the guy would be a plant yeah. that could not be beaten. Turner Sparks cannot be beaten. Impossible. <laughs> cannot be beaten. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Have you been to Japan? I have. Yeah, I did comedy there. Yeah. Didn't Fukuoka. I have not gone to wrestling, though. I wanted to go to sumo, but I'm never there at the right I time. I went to sumo at Madison Square Garden, and it was not at all what I thought. Like, the dudes were not fat. Really? Like they were like this day, they, they were just like they're probably on a weight big dudes. Days. They weren't fat. Oh yeah, you gotta be a fat guy. It was like mm. middleweight sumo. Mm. I went with the Goldich brothers. Was it? Was it? Would you go again or no? We had fun because it was like, like so ironically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, I want to see some dudes with tits. But do they? Have, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to see really. Fat. But they had the diaper, right? They didn't. Okay, Bono. Yeah. <laughs> in China, do they have? Like, they did. They wore the diaper. Like in yeah. Thailand, are, like Thai boxing's big. Oh, yeah. Like, like, in China, what's the equivalent? Is there any sort of, like... Well, so I went to version? boxing. Like, so it, everybody... There is no... You don't have your own thing? Yeah, I can't think of the local equivalent of that. The only thing... Like, the boxing is trying to get into China the same way WWE is. And I went to boxing in China. My friend and I went, and um, we decided to start betting on... Like, just bet on every match, you yeah. know? Every fight. That's the key to all these things. But then gambling. it lasted, like... Sounds very Kaplan of you. There was, like, <laughs> eight fights, and after three... We just noticed, we realized that they were just setting it up so the Chinese guy won everyone. Oh, so the boxing's fixed. Yeah, it was completely fixed. There's no art. Yeah, one of my bucket list items is to go to Japan and see wrestling. Like at the Tokyo Dome, there's big shows. I'm in. I'll go. And uh, there's a bar. uh, Now I'm going to forget it, but uh, they all wear, it's like a badge of honor if you get the jacket from this like specific bar restaurant that all the wrestlers go to in Japan. Sweet. You have chairs. I have chairs. When I went to go watch WrestleMania, he has chairs from if you uh, sit close enough, they give you a chair uh, at from WrestleMania. the arena? Yeah. If you go to a pay-per-view, uh, the first like 10 rows ringside you take are, are commemorative chairs with like the padding on the on the. But you get to smash over someone's head on the way home. That's a great way to meet. And, uh, when so you bring when, a girl home, I, I, you know. Oh yeah, you my wife chairs. loves it. When you, <laughs> yeah. they're, um, they're zip tied together, and then at the end, the guy comes around and cuts all the chairs loose, and you can take them home. That's you, pretty you awesome. Because you paid yeah. big bucks for your ticket, technically, but I never pay. I I have friends that hook yeah. it up, and so. But I'll tell you, WrestleMania, the last WrestleMania I went to in New Orleans, I was like, I took my chair, and we're walking out of the arena, mass exodus of people, and I was like, how am I going to take this home? I got to get on an airplane, so I sold it. To a kid for like a hundred bucks. Nice. I was like, uh, I think I'm going to sell this. And then I was like, does anybody? And before I could get the sentence out, like a mom with her kid was like, we'll take it. 
Really? T- too bad Ikram wasn't there. You could have got a thousand. Ikram, yeah. that's nothing. I, sold <laughs> I would start the bidding at a. At, well, wait. At we should K. tell the audience you were with us. Yeah, we should say you that you discovered the bar for the legendary. The way we met Ikram is you were the first one, weren't you? Or I was the there. One you were there. The bar. I was there. You were sitting with me. It all happened because of me, guys. Yeah. It did. Yeah. No, I found that- an Eagles bar in, in my neighborhood. Walking my dog, it had it flew an Eagles flag outside of it, and uh, we watched. What the first game? Eagle of the Steelers. Eagle he... Steelers, and um, that's how we met it. That's how we met Ikram, it. I was, yeah, we were just in there. I was wearing a jersey. And you were he not. Needed your jersey for a, a, a mediocre joke. Yeah, <laughs> and then also I will say that because I came the second time, I wasn't there the first time. You were the one I remember specifically that was pushing the thousand dollars. No, that was all Weber. No, you were the one that went. I'm shy. I don't. Five hundred. I... You should give him a thousand. Give him a yeah, thousand. Yeah, that was all. We... I be- I think it was Weber. Wow. But nonetheless, I mean, props to. Kaplan, he like took his shirt off in public. Yeah, you know, shirt off trade. the bod. Shirt it off. Hey, you've been and working out at, the, at that point. Yeah. I feel like if, <laughs> if before the Ikram came to off. my apartment and I had the chair, the, the WrestleMania chairs out. Yeah, I'd make at least like eight to nine k. I was invite him over for next WrestleMania. I'd make like five figures, like like three k a chair. <laughs> yeah. you're on Venmo. Yeah. Oh, done. You're, yeah. you're gonna make. Exactly. I have a question about the writing, just quickly. Yeah. Uh, sure, I, let's do it. What, what, like, how does the what's the process? Is this like a writer's room? Like, are there like write like you have to do you like do they like other people will be like that? That storyline is not believable. Yeah, <laughs> that you need to amp <laughs> There's up. no way. Or is there anything like that? Like, how does it work? Is it like a but they pick the most unbelievable well, storyline. Weber and Newstad are write the first draft. Okay. We, no, <laughs> you we, put a little uh, music, a I'm little uh, Regina Spector. <laughs> 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 we uh no, it's a writer's it's just like any other writer's yeah. room. The only difference is like Ted DiBiase's in it. No He's a way. Writer? Yeah, when I, was, man. when I was there, Brother Love, Dusty Rhodes, Michael P.S. Hayes, and I just sort of and we were just wrapping up with Ted DiBiase on the on the creative team. I always rooted for I always liked the bad guys. That was my thing. I always root for the heels. Yeah. I liked him. I mean most <laughs> most people today do. Were you the guy who introduced Trump to wrestling? Was that your idea? No, but that was the WrestleMania right after I got fired. I was there for when Vince... You were like, let's not have him on. He's going to become president because of this. And I was you. there <laughs> in the meeting when Trump, when Vince told us... Vince McMahon. Vince, Vince McMahon, McMahon told us that we were going to do a deal whereby uh, Umaga was a Samoan guy and Bobby Lashley, who's a wrestler MMA guy... We're gonna wrestle, and I'm gonna team with uh, Lash. I'm gonna. Tr- it was Vince and Umaga versus Trump and Lashley. Right, the battle of the and billionaires. he goes and the battle of the billionaires, <laughs> and uh, the winner shaves the loser's head. And Trump wow. won, right? So he and Trump won, and he shaved Vince. It's such a great video. If Trump would have had his to hair Trump's shaved. credit, and it's hard for me to give Trump any credit, but during that whole lead up, like he was game for anything. He tackled Vince. They show it on CNN <laughs> yeah. all the time. He tackled Vince McMahon. Yeah. He like got physical. Yeah, and he showed up to like six Raws, and he was great on the mic. Obviously, as we know. Yeah, I think. And, mistake- and they did a storyline later where Trump bought Raw. And it would like sprinkle money <laughs> from the ceiling. Trump, he took the million dollar man character. I was gonna like, say, yeah, yeah. It's it's a million dollar. Well, they man. used to say like in politics, the guy who the person's gonna win the election is the one you want to have a beer with. But I think they had to amend it now that you're, it's the guy who will shave someone's head off on national TV and the, wrestling. Uh, <laughs> like that's the we should have saw it coming. Taken, I, I I've tweeted about the number one thing Trump has taken from wrestling is what's called the no sell. Yeah. So we talked earlier about selling. The whole key to professional wrestling, the whole work of it. Is that if I hit you, you have to sell the fact that I hit you. you right. 
you can't stand like a piece of iron if I punch you. Right. It's bad then wrestling. You, and then you expose the business. You oh. expose the the the, the, the carny trick. Unless you go into like Hulk Hogan mode where nothing can hurt me. Well, that's called hulking <laughs> up. That's just a gimmick. But so Trump took the no sell, not selling what you're what is happening, and took it into politics because look at every he has no sold everything. He no he no sold uh he he no sold the the uh, Access Hollywood tape. Yeah. He no sold his taxes. He no he's no sold everything that's come down the pike. He just blows it off and moves on to the next media cycle. So where any it's other genius, any other politician would take the hit, he's just not taking it. Every other politician on the f- like should have fr- gone to wrestling day just one when Trump up. came down the escalator. <laughs> any other if any other politician came down the escalator right, and been... said Mexicans are, are rap- rapists, yeah. they would have been done. But Trump no sold all of the criticism about saying that Mexicans are rapists and moved on to the next one. I mean, he did it again just a couple days ago, not to get too political here. But he said uh, in an interview, he went, yeah, so, you know, we had a problem with uh, the Middle East or whatever, uh, Assad. And so we uh, got 59 bombs and we bombed Iraq. Well, yeah, and the lady it. goes, wait, did you mean Syria? He goes, God, yes, Syria. I mean, and he talked with the cake. No Howard one even called Dean him on it. was on the road to being president. And, and he, he yelled. gave one press conference yeah. where he slightly raised We're his voice. We're going to Colorado! <laughs> he, where he, like, <laughs> showed off his geographical skills. Yeah. And he was out. He was shunned from politics because of that. Trump basically yeah. well, said... Well, Marco Rubio drank too much water and everyone was... Yeah, <laughs> because they acted like actual politicians after the yeah. fact and were, like, apologetic, whereas right. Trump is like... That's just me. I'm just. So you're saying me. it's your fault that he's our president? I'm, I'm saying you. he took no. what, why wrestling has been more successful than uh, all of the four major sports. Um, what about because it's wrestling is clearly like I like how it's, and I guess it's written this way. Like it tries to kind of reflect whatever's happening in society at the time, yeah. but in a really broad basic way yeah well that was the genius of vince i mean look at uh uh back in the day when he turned sergeant slaughter who was like the g the living gi joe figure he turned him into an iraqi sympathizer against hulk hogan the all-american and they had a wrestlemania hulk hogan versus sergeant slaughter meanwhile during the gulf sergeant war Slaughter was like done he was like retired and yeah. they were like you know what we're this gonna bring you back no Asian and all man. of a sudden he's the number one heel in the country because he's huge a U.S. soldier who comes out waving an Iraqi it was flag. A, yeah, now, because it was, <laughs> it's we had just entered the Gulf War. The first and so Gulf Vince War, yeah. jumped off of that and was like, who do I make an Iraqi sympathizer? Clearly the guy who was on the G.I. Joe cartoon. So you just do the exact opposite. Yeah. yeah. And then and then uh, later on, didn't they have like an ISIS or maybe an ISIS guy Al-Qaeda now? guy or an ISIS guy or well, something? Very short-lived because yeah. that got too offensive and they had to cut yeah. it. <laughs> Muhammad Hassan. I looked well, him up yeah. today. He's from like New Jersey or something. Yeah, because he wasn't even Muslim. No, he was like Italian-American. Typical Hollywood. You can't even get a real ethnic uh, casting for... <laughs> but it'd be weird because, yes, Vince would take from like real stuff. But then like when I was there and like Snakes on a Plane came out, and we they we were doing this thing where Degeneration X was going to vandalize Vince McMahon's private jet. Yeah. And we had this whole whole thing where Vince walks onto his jet and he sees the, all the spray paint and everything's you know destroyed, and he finds out that it was DX who did it. And we wrote in a lot. We pitched that Vince says the line, "Get these motherfucking DX." Off my motherfucking plane. <laughs> it's a great line. Everybody thought it was a great line. Every writer was like, oh my God, we have to do that. Because everyone was quoting that from Get my... Snakes on a Plane, which had just come out. And we pitched it to Vince. And he's like, I don't, uh, he, and he, um, he's like, how'd that movie do? And we told him, oh, it opened with X amount of, you know, millions of dollars. He goes, God damn it. Why would I quote a movie that only made 
like ten yeah. million dollars. He didn't or like something. get. He didn't get that it was like a cultural thing. He just looked at the bottom line. God right. damn it! He wanted number one. That's very uh, yeah. Trump of him. So then in the eighties, because I remember like whoever like our enemy is in the world, those right. typically are the There's bad guys Iron in Sheik wrestling. Yeah. The, 80s. the Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov. That's a good one. Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan was very similar. Yeah, he was from Iran. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, back Sheik, during yes. the Iran Contra. <laughs> and then you had Nikolai Volkov had the USSR on his yeah. shirt. So who would it be now? Are we uh, back to Russia? Millennials. <laughs> it was just, is there any bad guy? It'd be John Cena versus a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> In skinny jeans. can't pay attention. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it would be Syrians. No. Um, Are there any? That- you know, they don't do it that much now because uh, all the... PCs. Everything is so reality-based that it's all... You know, they have this one guy, uh, Rusev, who's like... Uh, Bulgarian and he tries to do the America sucks and yeah. the Americans are lazy and I'm Russian and I'm a better genetic athlete and all this stuff. Oh. And people, you know, they like him, but they want him to be sort of like real. They don't want this like scripted The audience, you mean? Yeah. The audience kind of rejects any kind of overt storyline plot. Okay. Um, fantastical. You know, plot they caricature. Ca- they don't real characters now. They want I, character. They don't want caricature. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I see. Because I was, gonna, I think an Assad right. character would be good. Right. Yeah, Assad would be great. If we can get like, what a, about a Putin character? A Putin would be fantastic. Well, they've done that. They, so with this guy Rusev, they've Putin showed, they've showed, <laughs> they've showed uh, Putin on the big screen and said that he's actual uh, Putin. They've tried it, but with, he's not. Putin doesn't, doesn't know about work. this, People right? Don't care. They don't like care Putin hasn't given his blessing. Well, if you want to get big in China, you got to get a Japanese bad guy. Uh Oh yeah. Like a military guy, maybe. Who are the, because this is like we international podcast, who are the best foreign guys, like actual foreign guys? Because there's a lot of fake foreign oh, man, guys. so many. Right? Well, right now, like I said, Shinsuke Nakamura is li- about to be the biggest thing in WWE. He Which just debuted on Raw. He's the bi- he was like the biggest star in Japan. They brought him over. He did a year in the developmental system to rave reviews. Like is he every, a little every, guy, big guy? What's his he's style? A, he's a not built big guy. Like he's not muscular, yeah, but he has the body of like a like a kickboxer type. Is he like a high flyer? He's not. He's like a he does what's called strong style, like ground and pound. Ground Got and because yeah. he had like done Ronda Rousey. He had yeah, done yeah. MMA also. He does like a lot oh. of kicks and stuff, and he does this fly. He does this running knee to your face. That's called the. Um, That's my move. I forget what it's called. The, sh- the Kinshasa. But, okay, yeah. last question. No, I just want to say, uh, you, anything to plug before we get to the news? Oh, well, uh, I, I... Oh, your show. I have a, we haven't a, talked about your show. I have a podcast called Sorry I've Been So Busy. I co-host it with uh, Mac Oldich, uh, who is a writer for Late Night with Seth Meyers. And we talk to really busy people about what they're busy doing or not so busy people about what they're lying about busy doing. And I was on there once. You were on there. Check Listen out the Turner Sparks You didn't even episode. plug our podcast once the whole time you were on there. It was before it was we had our podcast. Well, I mean. Turner tells the whole story of how he, you know, he went to China and <laughs> spent a decade we there. And a plug. He tells the whole Mr. Softy story. It's a very great episode. But um, the whole thing is like you walk around any big metropolitan city, you talk to people, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. so, uh, you blow people off. Every time you make plans everyone's and you so cancel, busy. I'm busy. Everyone's blowing everybody off. And when you break it down, like, what are they actually busy doing? Nothing. They're going Nothing. home to watch DVR. Yeah, they're just comfortable. And so with we're like getting yeah. to the bottom of like what people are actually busy with. And and the best part is we're talking to really talented, like, actually busy people um, Bud's for the most the... part. And then sometimes not so busy people. Weber was on on the pod. Oh, yeah. Weber Learned was about on? his peanut butter. Uh, you, you know what I yeah, think he it is? He exposed himself. 
And you have a show. Do you want to talk about your TV show? Uh, yes. You know, it's it, it fits into the theme of the podcast because it's for MTV International. Which That's means our audience. It will air in 16 international markets on MTV. So if you're international and you're listening to this, you turn on MTV in your country starting at the end of April and you see a show called MTV Vidiots. Yeah. V-I-D-I-O-T-S, Vidiots. Uh, that's my show. Boom. You're, what are you? It's the first series sh- that I'm showrunning. Showrunner. And uh, it's basically Mystery Science 3000 or Beavis and Butthead, but human. So it's it's pairs of comedians in different living room setups watching new, newish, and classic music videos and sort of uh, commenting and making fun of them. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so I have the ratings. podcast. I have the show. Yeah. I just got married. I have a dog. And you're doing our podcast. And I'm doing your Sounds podcast, like and I watch a lot of wrestling, and I'm a big, uh, I can't wait for the NFL draft and the NBA draft. All right, let's get to the news. Let's get to it. Everybody in the news today. First story. <laughs> this from the New York Post. This from the New York Post. Domino's delivery robots bringing pizza to the final frontier. And the final frontier in this case, I think they mean Germany. I don't know why they picked that as the final frontier. But the robots. Oh, that's are... the final solution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the robots are coming with pizza. It says starting this summer, Domino's will be using a fleet of odd, autonomous robots to make deliveries in parts of Germany and the Netherlands. The driverless devices will travel on six wheels at a pace of four miles an hour. And Dr- if they don't get to you in a half hour, you get the pizza free, right? I think so. Here's my first question. I really don't know this. Does this already exist in the United States or not? There's, I've always, There's I've drones, registered like right? drone deliveries. Oh uh, yeah, for like, um, uh, but I don't want my Best pizza Buy. landing on my roof. <laughs> yeah, I want it like true. hot and fresh at my door. Did pizza can parachute down maybe? And how do drone, how do drone deliveries work if you live in an apartment building? You well, open out the window. You put your arm out. I don't catch get it. it. This is, so this is like a it, the robot I saw the picture it looks like a little robot's R- like a car like it looks like R two D two it must be not a long right and it has like feet and wheels it's like do 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 does a like delivery a car bring it and let go of the robot like when it's outside the house and it just goes up to the door or does the robot go well, all the way and good luck going next to any college because frat kids are just going to be taking those pizzas. I mean, th- it sounds like something that's developed in this office. Yeah, <laughs> in the in studios. Here's my thing, my thought. You know, the, the, speaking of the final solution, we got to go more Holocaust jokes. <laughs> but you know, they say then they came for the, you know, that whole. Sure. They, then they came for the delivery board because I don't really care. People talk about all these lost jobs. I'm, I'm on your side. There's so many lost jobs. They've been outsourced. Everything. I don't really care. I pretend to care, but it doesn't affect me. This affects me. I was a pizza delivery boy once. You were. If I ever lose my job, if this podcast doesn't take off, this is a skill I have. I deliver pizzas for a living. I've done <laughs> yeah, you can fall back on Little it. Caesars, baby. It's your fallback. And if I can't fall back on this, what do I have to live on? You know, and yeah. what, do they tip the robots? That's the other yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh. You, you just type the tip in like, right. like in a cab, like you can swipe your card on these robots? I would not tip a robot. Yeah. I'm anti-tipping. I know, call me cheap, call me whatever you want, but. You don't tip a robot. They're not exerting energy. Exactly. Right? Well, can I tell you, at the, speaking of tipping at these pizza delivery places, at least my experience, there's a lot of animosity towards the delivery guy. Because everyone's working for like minimum wage or close to it, and they're ma- in the kitchen, everything. And the delivery guy 
They make a fortune, comparatively. They don't Except split the, the tips? The well, I didn't pull tips. No, we didn't pull tips. <laughs> there was a lot of animosity. The porn star pizza delivery men, they do, they do okay. Because <laughs> oh. at least they're having sex. They get Whoa. laid like 100% of the time. How about the robot, robot fucks porn. the porn star? <laughs> robot porn. Yes, it's going to be robot deli- pizza delivery porn. Did somebody porn. order a pepperoni, <laughs> a sausage pizza? Dun, dun. Yeah, I'm here. While well, I have the sausage, hold the pizza. I'm here to fix the plumbing. And that then the obvious places had to go. And then the, the music starts playing out of the speaker in the robot. <laughs> and they start yeah, robot porn. Big robotic dick. again. And then porn stars will be like, then they came for the, ro-, you know, they just keep coming for. Jobs. I also find it annoying that Germany gets everything before us. Like they figured out how to they fix got Hasselhoff. <laughs> they got Hasselhoff. They fixed Kobe's knee. Yeah. Right. They like they, they have all the best doctors. Well. They don't have all the best doctors. They kind of got rid of a few million of them, but... Oh, but that was a while ago. <laughs> this new generation's pretty on point. All right, well... And so they can... Like, anyone who has to get a major operation, you always go to Germany, right? Yeah. When, it, when is America gonna... I mean, is this Merkel? Is this her doing? <laughs> this is her doing. <laughs> Trump sounds like Trump Merkel. Snubs? This is... Classic Merkel. Classic Merkel. This is why Trump snubs her on the handshake. I know. <laughs> he knew about these pizza robots. The robot. They got the soft G. Yeah. In the name, I feel like Hitler would have been really excited about the the robot. Yeah, I only wish he could have seen his face. <laughs> he would have been proud about, about the, the ro- robot delivery men. The robot. Did the Germans pizzas? invent it, or the Dutch? Because they're not the Netherlands. Off the tears of Jews, they did. Maybe the master race was robots in his mind. Mm. Yeah, that was the. That's what he was working. That's what we were all leading towards. But none it is of the a robots question. Are blacker. At some point, none right. of us are just going to have jobs, right? It's just going to be all robots. It'll be robot podcasts. We're losing out to the machine. <laughs> yeah. Robot comedy? Robot Pod will put us all out of business. <laughs> all three of us. Yeah. Like a robot Mark Marin. <laughs> robot Pete Holmes. Yeah. Are we good? Are we good? That'd be amazing. <laughs> I would listen to that. All right. Last last story. Teen, last story of the week. This one I'm, I'm excited to read. All right. Teens warning after falling through pond. Don't risk your life for a selfie, the teen says. This is That's from a great help message. This is from the New York Post. Straight. So what happened is like a week ago, I don't know if you heard or maybe a couple weeks ago in um, Central Park. In Central Park, these like teenage, like five teenage kids yeah. decided to go out onto one of the ponds and take a picture of themselves and a selfie. And right before they could take the selfie, <laughs> it broke and the kids flo- fell through. Oh, was this when it was ice? Yeah, it was uh, ice. My fr- I, I went at my a couple friends of mine at my friend Matt Green's house. He had a pool and it was frozen over and we were like running across it and uh, Matt fell, the ice cracked and Matt fell in and <laughs> I laughed <laughs> so hard to the point, like I couldn't save him because I was laughing so hard. Yeah. Uh, he was okay. But he, at one point he did float under the like big sheet of ice. That's dangerous, he, right? He, like, got it. Oh yeah, and it's freezing. Yeah, and how did, what, how did he get back out? Did he pop it? Did he, he hit finally, it? his head came out and then like, he, he swam back he, like, to, like, the whole That's part. become one of those questions they ask when you do the life insurance exam. Like, what is your selfie? Because people take a lot of selfies. It's dangerous. Well, there's stories about yeah. girls falling off cliffs yeah. on vacation uh, just because they were trying to get the right... Uh, they were trying to get the best selfie. It reminds me of that scene in Superman 1 where the kid <laughs> is on the railing and he goes, look, Ma, look! And he's, cha- uh, he's changing his hands. Yes. He's, yeah. And he falls off into, the, into like Niagara Falls and Superman and Clark Kent's there and Superman uh, goes and saves him. Uh, but um, Well, there's more people die now from what selfie attacks and shark attacks. Or terrorist say. attacks. It's unbelievable. Yeah, ISIS isn't killing it as remind- many people as selfies. If but- you dropped your phone in the subway, would you jump down? No. The subway? In like a, on in the, the track. If the boat, and you don't know when, no, I wouldn't. I'd let it go just because of the rats more than anything. Yeah. I don't want to be around those animals. I, no. it, I have to. I, I have to think about like if my kids fall in, I'm like, 
Gotta be more prepared for that. I can't use that. I can't waste that energy if it's a phone. Yeah, but I, I'm not that connected to my phone. So many pictures. I know, I know. Pictures of the kids. Yeah, but it's in the I mean, cloud. Contacts. <laughs> you got the cloud now, right? Um, I feel like in particular stations that sort of wrap around, so you kind of have some time. Yeah, you would do it. I think I would. I would maybe do it. Well, I mean, that's one thing. Also, that's... you have to make sure that there's somebody there that can help you back up. You can't do it if you're solo. Why don't they put? I have two, two, uh, one question. Or if you're another... on the platform with weak people. A comment. Why don't they put steps that allow you to get back up if because you fall in? People, <laughs> people would be like going down in there. Yeah, but you need a way to get out if you're stuck down in. I know. No, penalized. There should be drop down. <laughs> Cavlin's against there's survival like, of the fittest. You can't ten, stay behind a yellow every line. Every ten feet, there should there should be uh, like a drop down ladder, like, uh, yeah. like a fire escape. So when Kaplan says pit. penalized, he means death. Well, no, because they stop the train sometimes and cause me to be late. But. You know, uh, a few years ago, there was that amazing story where the guy had the seizure on the platform and he fell onto the tracks. Okay. So a guy jumped down, or a woman, and a guy jumped down and lay, put her in the middle. You know, it sort of dips. Yeah. And put her in the middle and laid on top of her and the train went right over them. Whoa, really? That, to me, was like the most amazing New York subway story I, I've ever... That, Is that pizza a legend? Rat. Is that like a real that, thing? That, that really happened. But What's that, Pizza Rat? Pizza Rat. Oh, Oh, you weren't back in America for Pizza Rat, were you? Pizza Rat, no. Oh, man. Uh, Pizza Rat was this <laughs> drunk kid. Was that was his name? Pizza yeah. Rat, was, this drunk kid was coming out of, like, the station at, like, I don't know, like, six, like where you can leave, you know, Fort, at West 4th Street, but you can kind of get out at, like, 6th. Okay. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was ex- exiting the subway, and a rat was running down the steps with a full... Slice of New York pizza, <laughs> and this became an. And he took a picture, and, or he took video, and he posted it online, and it went like crazy pizza viral. Rat. And it became Pizza Rat, and they were selling like Pizza Rat Halloween costumes and everything. Oh, yeah, nice! Yeah, my only thing on the selfie, just to go. Right yeah, back I want to go back to it. I diverted. Oh, it's a good diversion. Um, is I've noticed. Yeah, the thing with the selfie. This is why it's a good message for the kids. Is like I see everywhere I go in Florida. I saw this in Mexico last week. These millennials. They sp- it's like one thing to take a selfie. You do it quick. It's like you you get it out of the way. They spend so much time posing. Yeah, I don't understand yeah, why they can't. Face. It's like this, like the Instagram, the picture about a sense of the world is so important. Like, it's like just- Weber in a Wawa with the tasty <laughs> cakes. <laughs> just take the picture. You know? <laughs> so you know what's He'll a great place when he listens. Like I don't know what the, the selfie situation is like in China, but oh, Dis- it's, Disney World. It's equal to it's here. Banned in Disney World. Oh, yeah. You know, the selfie stick. You know, I take a selfie. I was People like, wouldn't go to Disney. You can't have the stick. Banned in China. They will. They will confiscate the stick if they see it. Well, well I in just... China, you have the selfie stick, but then there's. It's also you can eat with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You get two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the selfie chopsticks. Yeah. And uh, what I like about this though is that this kid is now like going around telling people he's he's like like when we were kids, we used to have the drug addict come to school and tell us not to do drugs. Yeah. This kid's that, but he's just telling people not to take right. selfies. He's scared straight. That's how like how weak the new generation yeah. is. That they don't even they're not even doing drugs. They're just like they're not doing drugs. They're 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 not do, they're not having sex and they're not doing drugs. They're right. just taking pictures just of taking themselves. Taking pictures of themselves, not having doing sex stuff drugs. that we used to do without taking yeah. pictures. I'm married with kids. Amazing now, so I'm wrestling. Kinda, I'm happy that people aren't having fun anymore. Fuck them. Yeah. yeah. Now that we're like you want it to win when you're out. Yeah. Now that we're married, or you want it to be yeah. over when you're out. Well, I don't want anybody else to have fun. Yeah. yeah. Fun's over. No, you think I'm that not... maybe the Trump effect will get millennials back into having fun? Like the fear that we're no, they're no. 
it's got too millennials serious. are just protesting. I yeah, know, if they think about North, cool. it could be nuclear war and stuff like that. So why not just go have sex? Like instead of going to Coachella, I'm doing that bit on stage. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> my whole bit, my new bit, I'm doing on stage is that um, everyone knows the world's ending. So like, when's the end of the world orgy happening? Yeah, yeah. let's get no, to the orgy. Too busy protesting. Yeah. But uh, instead, like last weekend, instead and of no go- condoms. Look at all the, <laughs> look, at all the <laughs> look at all the millennials that didn't go to Coachella and instead went to the tax march. I know. <laughs> tax march. That's embarrassing. Like, get out of here. Tax and march are the two most boring words. Ugh. I think we talked about going to tax march, but we didn't have the option to go to Coachella. So, all right. So the last sentence I just want to read. This kid has a message to end the pod. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would like to tell other people. He adds, "Do in all caps. Do not risk your life for something stupid. If I would have died, it would have been for a selfie. That's where." That's where our society's at right yeah, now. Yeah, but it would have been but a fire he... selfie. Would have gotten at least 100 likes. Oh, my God. You a selfie of you dying? <laughs> he would have got that's the... That's a good... Yeah, that's actually... You, break, you end selfies then. You just... You drop your mic on selfies at that point. Yeah, you've, that's you've, it. Yeah, you've it surpasses it. the dick pic. Oh, that's huge. <laughs> the death selfie? The death selfie? It, Love the death selfie. That'll be the end of this... Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Like, one person has to die to end this stupid, like, uh People have died. Era. Really? Take, just, but actually no, yeah, picture. a lot of what you were saying it earlier. We need like a famous no, I mean, celebrity to die picture. taking a selfie for it picture. to really. You're right. We need to actually, see the gruesome picture. We need. I'll see, I know some celebrities. So we'll see if you can see the word. See if you can word around. Get them to take a selfie while falling into a subway. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's all. <laughs> like if Topher Grace. <laughs> there you go. Died taking that's a the selfie. Right level I don't know if he's high enough. That would be good for his career at this point. I think. Yeah. The '70s show kid. Let's make that happen. Can we make that happen? Sure. I yeah. I think I know somebody who knows him. All right. All right, everybody, oh, that's all. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here, man. Andrew, at Ange Gold on Twitter. At Ange Gold on Twitter. Ange, thanks for being on the pod. A-N-G-E-G-O-L-D. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Welcome back to America. Thank you very much. <laughs> May 24th, last thing, come to uh, Sacramento Punchline. I'll be headlining there. May 23rd, Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley, California. That's all. Cap, what do you got? Get lost. Get lost. Education each and every day. These are all the things that the maniacs say.